We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, some people call themselves progressive Christians when frankly, they're neither progressive nor Christian because they disagree with Jesus on just about everything. We'll discuss this and more on today's Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. Well, you know, yesterday, if you listened to the show, I kind of went off on evangelical Christians for Biden. And I cited several stories as the context for my critique of these folks that call themselves, they self-identify as evangelical Christians, but yet they proudly boast of aligning themselves with Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. And I have an issue with that because Joe Biden and the Democrat Party represent so much that's antithetical to Christianity and to the evangel, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, to repeat and set the context, repeat yesterday's, high points a bit, and set the context for today's show. Let me just go over very quickly, in just a few seconds, the things that I have an issue with concerning evangelicals for Biden. Number one, Joe Biden is a serial plagiarist, i.e. he's a liar. This is a proven fact. He plagiarized his way through college, and that is documented. He's a very dishonest man. Number two, he supports abortion. In a very radical way, he believes abortion should be defended and should be funded all the way up to birth. I cannot support that, and I cannot for the life of me figure out how anyone who claims to be a Christian could do likewise. Next, he supports the radical alphabet soup agenda of our identity politics today. The LGBTQ social justice warrior BLM mix of nonsense that pits one group against another, us against them, me versus you, I deserve my pound of flesh, and you can go pound sand. That's the idea behind Joe Biden's politics. This is not biblical. And then we have the issues of the economy. I mean, my land, used cars right now are 45% more expensive than they were when Joe Biden was elected. Gasoline is likewise. Groceries are skyrocketing. Everything is suffering dramatic inflation right now. My land, I, I went to the lumber yard to buy some lumber to build a little horse shed, and the price of plywood and OSB fiberboard is almost doubled, doubled what it was just a handful of months ago. And in some cases, it's a lot worse than that. My point is this. Who gets hurt by that economic situation, by that inflation? 
it isn't the rich people that get hurt. It's the middle class and below that get hurt by these inflated prices. And what about all that talk of economic justice? Well, how's that working for you, Joe Biden evangelicals? And then we have this nonsense about being so concerned about the immigrant and the sojourner among us. Evangelicals for Biden proved that they just don't believe that and never did because they're allowing the Biden administration to thumb its nose at these Cubans who are trying to flee the despot, the despotic rule of communist Cuba. The Joe Biden administration is telling them you will not be permitted to enter the United States if you hop in a boat and try to go that 90 miles between Cuba and Florida. We will turn you back. If Donald Trump or anybody in his administration had said anything remotely similar to that, like I said yesterday, there would be weeping and gnashing of, of teeth. I could go on and on, but here's my point. Yesterday, I made it very clear that I have no patience for these people who are claiming to be evangelicals for Biden, when Biden does not believe in the evangel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's made that very clear. He's not a man of integrity. He's a blatant liar, i.e. plagiarist, in case you don't understand what that word means, Democrats. Plagiarism is being dishonest. You're claiming somebody else's work as your own. And what's the definition of dishonesty? What's a synonym for it? Well, again, to help you Democrats along on this one, a synonym for dishonesty is lying. Joe Biden is a liar. The Democratic Party is dishonest. They are endorsing and normalizing debauchery. They are misogynists. They don't even believe in the female, let alone feminism and defending a woman's rights. You can't have rights if you don't exist. And in the Democratic mind today, in Jill Biden's mind, the biological reality of a female is nothing but a fabrication. It's nothing but a social construct. Women don't exist any longer. That is the ultimate of misogyny. So these are reasons that I have problems with evangelicals for Biden. But in today's show, I want to talk about this claim of progressive Christianity a little bit further. But let's take a break, acknowledge our sponsors, and when we get back, I'll run with this story a little bit uh, a little bit further. Dig into the details a bit deeper as to what Christianity really is. That's the question for today's show. What is Christianity and who gets to define it? I'm Dr. Everett Piper and this is The Rebellion and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. I want to read a quote to you from Frank Turek, T-U-R-E-K. Google Frank Turek and follow him. He's a brilliant apologist. He's a friend of mine. I had him speak at my university when I was a college president. I hold him in the highest regard. Here's a quote from Frank. Some people call themselves progressive Christians when they're really neither progressive nor Christian because they disagree with Jesus on several significant issues. They disagree with Jesus on sex. They disagree with Jesus on the Bible. They disagree with Jesus on heaven and hell. They disagree with Jesus on his atonement. So why would they call themselves a Christian? Close quote, Frank Turek. Now, I agree with Frank completely. And frankly, no pun intended, 
I would like to suggest something to those listening right now or those in your circle of influence that call themselves Christians but yet disagree with Jesus and disagree with the church on just about everything. Please, please stop calling yourself a Christian if you disagree with Christianity. It makes no sense. But in our culture today, in these times where you can claim an identity just because you feel like it, I guess if you feel like you're a Christian, even though you don't believe in the words of Jesus, you don't believe in the instructions and the doctrine of the church, and basically you don't even believe in Christianity, I guess you can still call yourself a progressive Christian. I guess you can call yourself an evangelical for Biden when you don't even believe in the evangel, the good news, or the evangelical tradition. And what is that tradition? Well, I think I could summarize it in four things. And I've talked about these four things long ago, way back in the first few episodes of The Rebellion. And by the way, we're approaching 300 episodes right now. So 300 episodes ago, let's just say that, I talked about four things that are critical, four key things, four pillars of a biblical worldview. And those four things are, frankly, the four cornerstones, in my view, and I would argue in the view of the historic church, they're the four cornerstones of Orthodox Christianity. I'm going to refresh your memory a little bit right now and go back and review those. So what are the four pillars, the four cornerstones of a biblical worldview? They are the primacy of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is who he claims to be. And notice I said claims in the present tense, not claimed in the past tense. And the reason I said that is because Jesus is eternal. He is who he claims to be. Jesus is the second person of the triune God. Jesus is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus has been there since the very beginning. He was the Word. He was with God. He was God. Jesus is God. And these people that try to divide the Bible into the Old Testament and the New Testament, you can throw out the old, they say, because it's anecdotal and that stuff doesn't matter anymore. That's the legalistic stuff. Just shift over to the New Testament. That's what you need to attend to. Well, if you do that, you're throwing out the part of the Bible that Jesus himself inspired because he is the same God that inspired the Old Testament as the same God that inspired the New Testament. Jesus is God. So the first pillar of Christianity, a biblical worldview, is the primacy of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God. Jesus is God. He's my Lord and my Savior. Jesus is not just an interesting sage, a man that said cool things. He isn't just the guy that's going to call for a great big kumbaya hug at the end of days. He is going to be the judge who judges all of us at the end of time. Jesus is the Son of God, the primacy of Jesus Christ, the first pillar. What's the second pillar? The priority of Scripture. The primacy of Jesus Christ, number one, the priority of Scripture, number two. And what does that mean? The priority of Scripture means this. The Bible is inerrant, authoritative, and true. It is infallible. 
It is the Word of God. It's not just another interesting book of literature. It's not just a book of history. It's not just some ancient book to consider along with all others. The Bible is the Word of God. The primacy of Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Son of God, the priority of Scripture. Scripture is the Word of God. You have to have those two two cornerstones, excuse me. And if you don't acknowledge one or the other of those, I'm starting to wonder why you would claim to be a Christian. Because if you don't believe in Jesus or you don't believe in the Bible, why are you claiming the label Christian? Because your beliefs are antithetical to the very cornerstones of Christianity. If you don't believe in Christianity, please stop calling yourself a Christian. So number one, the primacy of Jesus Christ. Number two, the priority of Scripture. Number three is the pursuit of truth. Now, we've talked about this a thousand times on this show. You pursue truth because it's an objective reality. It's out there. Truth with a capital T. You don't construct your own truths out of the way you feel. Frankly, when it comes to truth, The facts don't care about your feelings. Truth is true even if no one believes it, and falsehood is false even if everyone believes it. Truth is just true, and that's the end of it. That's a quote from Oz Guinness that I've shared multiple times on the rebellion. So let's go back over the first three again. The primacy of Jesus Christ, the priority of Scripture, and the pursuit of truth. Those are three of the four cornerstones of the Christian faith, a biblical worldview. What's the fourth? The practice of wisdom. So again, the primacy of Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Son of God. The priority of Scripture, Scripture is the Word of God. The pursuit of truth, truth is given by God. It's a revelation of God. It isn't a construct made up of your opinions. At the end of the day, the facts don't care about your feelings. I never gave anybody a degree in opinions when they graduated on commencement day when I was a university president because it would have been absurd. I expected them to learn something about what was true, not just come up and celebrate their feelings. The primacy of Christ, the priority of scripture, the pursuit of truth, and the fourth one is the practice of wisdom. So Jesus is the Son of God, the Bible is the Word of God, truth is given by God, and wisdom, holiness, sanctification, obedience is demanded by God. It isn't optional. Now, I'm not saying that you're saved through works. And as an evangelical, born-again believer, an Orthodox Protestant, I do not believe that the Bible teaches anywhere that you can be saved by your works. Faith is the necessary predicate salvation. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. That is a clear teaching of the Bible. It's God's grace that saves you through your faith. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. That is a biblical truth. But Jesus says himself, if you love me, you will obey me. So if you claim you've got your fire insurance and you can go out and live like hell, that's not Christianity. That's ignoring the fact that you are to be transformed in Christ. That if you are in Christ, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation in Christ. And that the old is gone and the new has come. You have died to self 
You have been born again. That is the nature of the church. That's the fact of Christianity. So let's go over again. Let's go over again some indisputable, irrefutable, definitional traits of Orthodox Christianity. Number one, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to believe that Jesus Christ is who he claims to be. And again, I repeat, the Alpha, the Omega, the Beginning, and the End, the Logos, the Word, made flesh and dwelling among us, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God, my Savior and my King. That's Jesus Christ. Anything less than that is not Christianity. Just remember that. Anybody who diminishes anything that I just said about the definition of Jesus is not embracing Christianity because everything I just said is biblical. I didn't make any of it up. So you have to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, to be a Christian. If you don't, you're not one. Number two, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16, one of the most well-known, easily recognized verses in all of the Bible, at least it used to be. So God loved us enough to send his only begotten son, the second person of the triune God, became incarnate in the flesh so that we would not have to perish if we would just believe in him. Not just cognitive, but active, obedient, repentant, confessional belief. Now, why do I add all of those descriptors to the word belief? Because of what I'm going to cite thereafter from the Bible. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is all in the Bible, folks. I'm not making it up. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Therefore, if we are in Jesus Christ, he is a new creation. Anyone who is in Jesus Christ is a new creation. The old is past. Behold, the new has come. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then again, back to Jesus, you must be born again. No one enters the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So what does that mean? That you're not born that way. You don't just become so easily satisfied that you don't care about whether or not you're supposed to change. You are transformed. You're not transgendered. You're not a transhumanist. You're not trans anything other than transformed in Christ. You're a new creation. You're born again. You're not born that way. Everything I just cited is the Bible. And the Bible defines Christianity. So what is a true Christian? Who defines what Christianity is? The Bible. The Bible defines Christianity, Jesus defines Christianity, and his apostles that he charged to launch his church and, and shepherd his church, a church that Jesus himself promised the gates of hell would not prevail against. These are the words that define Christianity, the Bible and the church. So how does the church build upon the Bible, and use the Bible to define Christianity. Well, let's go back to the Apostles' Creed. 
We've talked about that before on this show. The Apostles' Creed, one of the earliest creeds in the church, said this, I believe in God the Father, almighty creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, and descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead and ascended to heaven and is seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to do what? Give us a great big kumbaya hug? No, judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. That's the universal church. The communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. That's the creed, the Apostles' Creed. You don't have the right to chuck it or ignore it. You don't have the right to change it or belittle it. You don't have the right, nor do I, to call myself a Christian if I'm going to ignore the definition of Christianity. Progressive Christians, evangelicals for Biden, perhaps? You might want to attend to the true definition of what it means to be evangelical. Well, here's another creed. If the Apostles' Creed wasn't good enough for you, let's go to the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten but not made of the same essence as the Father. You see how they're putting flesh on the bones with the Nicene Creed, it's saying the same thing, but it's answering some of the heresies. It's addressing some of the heresies that were springing up within the early church. And they're saying, no, 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 that's not Christianity. We're going to tell you again what Christianity is. That's the nature of the Nicene Creed. So true God from true God, begotten, not made, of the same essence as the Father, through him all things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven. He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary. He was made human. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again according to the scriptures. Not according to your feelings. Not according to some other crazy ideas that you might have about religion, but according to God's scriptures. He ascended to heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to do what? Judge the living and the dead. Again, there's that word, judging. Did you know that? I wonder if our evangelicals for Biden remember that, that Jesus is a judge. At the end of days, he will judge all of us and his kingdom will never end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. He proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified. He spoke through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic, universal church, and apostolic church. We affirm one baptism, only one, not many. That's exclusive, folks. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one, zero, no one comes to the Father but through me. We affirm one baptism, 
for the forgiveness of sins. We look forward to the resurrection of the dead. There that is again, the resurrection from the dead and to life in the world to come. Amen. So I could say so much more, and I've got a ton more. In fact, maybe we'll talk about it in the next show, where this poll is out from Barna, where it is so sad. It's reported in the Western Journal. (sighs) The title of this article, and I will talk about it tomorrow. The American church has fallen. A shocking poll. Fake Christianity has supplanted the biblical worldview. A poll that was reported on July 4th, 2021, talks about how fake Christianity has supplanted the biblical worldview. Now, without even getting into the poll, the data, and the rest of that story, I'll do that tomorrow. But just stop and think about the title and what I just said. The American church has fallen. A shocking poll shows that fake Christianity has supplanted the biblical worldview. Don't you see that? In Evangelicals for Biden, in progressive Christianity, don't you see this fake Christianity, this Christianity, quote-unquote, of feelings rather than facts? Christianity is not a subjective thing. It's an objective reality. It isn't defined by you. It isn't defined by me. It isn't defined by progressives. It's not defined by Democrats. And it's frankly not defined by Republicans. Christianity is defined by the Bible first and foremost. And Jesus charged his church to not let the gates of hell prevail against it. The church holds tightly to the definition of Christianity. And it it grounds all of that in Scripture, in the Bible, tenaciously. No one has the right to define their own Christianity. Because if they do, that's fake. It's a fake Christianity. Let's go back and end with the words of Frank Turek. Some people call themselves progressive Christians when they're neither progressive nor Christian because they disagree with Jesus on just about everything. They disagree with Jesus on sex. They disagree with Jesus on the Bible. They disagree with Jesus on heaven and hell, and they disagree with Jesus on his atonement. So why would they call themselves Christian? Frank Turek, please stop calling yourself Christian if you don't believe in Christianity. In times of universal deceit, truth with a capital T as a revelation of God, is the only rebellion left. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.